Extra Butter Podcast. All right. Let's get it started off, man. Welcome back. Welcome back to Extra Butter. Welcome. Your podcast for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. This is DeLong. And we have just stepped out of the cinematic experience. Oh. Nope. Cinema. Jordan Peels. We saw it in IMAX too. Shout out the Regal Point at on iDrive in Orlando. The only real IMAX in the area. It is, right? It is the only real IMAX theater. Oh, it's the only real one. The other ones are just fronting. <laughs> you, go, but you, go in, you go into those IMAXs and you definitely do a nope and you turn <laughs> right around. <laughs> um, yeah, we just saw Nope and uh What's interesting about this movie is Dylan and I first we saw it before we just saw it together. This is our second time seeing it. And um we I left the first time seeing it not impressed. Um Dylan, did you have this what was your sentiment after watching it the first time? My initial thing was just, oh, that was good. Okay. But it okay, was okay. but it but it wasn't like, oh, that was movie of the year. You know what I mean? Got you. Would you even consider it like best horror movie of the year or best scary movie of the year, I guess? Um, I guess so far, I don't see okay. too many. I guess I don't see every horror that comes out, so I'm not the best judge of that. But that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I guess in terms of like what I've seen, like yeah, you know, I, th- I think because I also saw uh, Black Phone. Did you end up seeing that one? No, I didn't. That so was I, ups- yeah, I, missed I it. saw that one, and I do think that movie is scarier. Like it is a like to me, it's a better horror movie. But yeah. Watching it again because the first time I saw, it, I, I can't lie, I really didn't get it. Like I really <laughs> didn't get it. And this time watching it, um, and, and to be fair, I, I did watch a lot of like you know deep dives and you know people talking about the movie before I walked in, so I saw what yeah. they all were saying. So I, I can't really sit here and be like, I, I watched it once, didn't watch anything, and the second time I loved it. Like I, I, I went in knowing all the deep things people were talking about. Yeah. Um, which made me like it more than the first watch. How'd you feel after your second watch? Uh, definitely better. I, I, when I watched it the second time, it was like, I took everything that I thought that I would do with the story and just threw it out. And instead watched it this time as if, you know, this is how he intended it to be. And I'm right. going to enjoy it. And it was much better in that respect. Yeah, I agree. Um, this like a hundred percent. This episode, uh, though we are talking Nope, we're really going to be talking all of uh, Jordan Peele's filmography. Um, he I is. Call it the, I call it the woke trilogy. Whoa! Is that is good? That, is that is that like just from you, or is that like a coined yeah. term? For oh him? no, oh, that's nice. that's right out of my brain. I like it. <laughs> the woke trilogy. I like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking his filmography. I think Jordan Peele is uh, one of the most exciting directors, out, especially in the genre of horror and like suspenseful movies and um yeah we're gonna talk all of them dude i i think that he is at this point has made three movies whether you like them or not three really successful movies that um are unique and challenging and make people think and i've seen at this point all of them more than once in the theater i saw get out i think two or three times i saw us twice and then i've seen this twice in theaters I think us I only saw once for some reason, but I agree. He's definitely been able to make films that, 
you could, you know, rewatch and pour over and theorize. Like there, there's longevity to them, which a lot of people don't get. Yeah, coming right I, out the gate, you know. I think Bill uh, and I were talking when we first when we watched it the first time. Jordan Peele, uh, in a good way, reminds me of M Night. In a good way, I think M Night has a way of making movies that when the and i think he kind of painted himself in a corner but when m night was like i'm all about twists like the end of the movie will be like oh my goodness this was the thing the whole time it made you want to go back and watch it because then you're watching it with a new lens because it's like now i know what the twist is and now the movie's almost completely different sixth sense it's a completely different movie once you know the twist uh I don't know about signs. The village is different. When I kind of, I kind of feel bad for M Night because I almost felt at one point that like he didn't, like they made him do it. You know what I mean? Like oh, he became, think? like uh. he he became so known for it that right, yeah, it no, was almost course. like now I have to make my movies like that. So then right. the the so called M Night twists and things just got poorer and poorer until the point where they weren't really a twist. It was more like, what the hell was that? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> the executions just started kind of falling off. And I mean, I, yeah. I never thought about that. I didn't know if like the studio was the reason that that was happening. Like the studio was like, oh, you have to. I need yeah. a twist in this movie. I remember that there was that one he did where it was like an elevator. You know what I'm talking oh, about? It was like yeah. all of them in an elevator, but then like, one person was killing everybody in the elevator. It was called Devil, wasn't it? Devil. I can never remember. Yeah, 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 I never yeah, remembered yeah, yeah. if that was produced by him or just like oh, directed by him. I don't know. There's a lot of times when the director isn't big, but the producer is, they'll just slap their name on it instead. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's a good, really good point. I like. Yeah, people thinking. Yeah, you know, like people thinking that Spielberg did the Back to the Future trilogy when it was really Robert Zemeckis kind of thing. Let's see. I don't remember though. Oh, you are absolutely right. Devil, also known as The Night Chronicles Part 1, is a 2010 uh, American supernatural horror film directed by John Eric Dowdle. Uh, Ooh, but the story the, the, the story is by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, okay. Well, there you so go. he didn't Not direct bad. it, but that uh, shitty-ass <laughs> twist <laughs> seemed like it came from M. Night Shyamalan. So, I, don't even, I don't even know what the twist was. What was it for that one? Uh, spoiler alert, if you give a shit about Devil. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Or the Chronicles Volume 1. The, yeah, the, the yeah. Chronicles Volume 1. Uh, but basically it was there was an old lady in the in the elevator and then you no. thought she died and then later at the end, like when it's like two people Oh left, my god. It's her. It, did yeah. she pull the dude i i think to, i don't know if we already talked about this but i think i was in the film in the theater for that for that reveal and that's one of the craziest reveals i've ever for seen the original saw the original saw when dude when james wands is oh yeah that dude H- gets up off down. the floor oh yeah. my gosh bro yeah hands down because you were just never thinking about that ever Never, never. The dedication never, never. to just lay there, <laughs> so so still. Yeah, right. And just take like uh, blood. Didn't he take like heart like slowing pills so that they couldn't tell he was breathing? I don't even. Oh, I don't. Even I think remember. that was part of it. It was it's like, been such the, a long time. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, um, so yeah, those uh, the those movies are so well when it comes to twists, and I think uh, Jordan Peele does a really good job at. Yeah. It's not even that he's known for twists. It's just that he's known for so many li- like every 
there's not a frame that goes by where everything in that frame isn't meant to set up something it feels like yeah every frame and, is like necessary for his story yeah you know for storytelling and i've and i've been like continuously comparing him to or like comparing his films to like old twilight zone episodes because i know he's used them for inspiration but it was the host kinda, of the remake wasn't he yeah and you yeah. know kind of like that's what i think that the twilight zone is not like m night twist because their episodes are built on this foundation of like you know some sort of like weird you know out of body thing that there are certain episodes where it does a hard twist like an m night and there are other ones where it's just like the whole story pivots and then you have to deal with like the consequences from there you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah 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 yeah. I but saying. i was i was thinking that at the theater today too that you know, even if he's only like three films in, I think Jordan's one of the best, you know, new age directors we've seen for a long time because he understands that every frame of of film is an opportunity to, you know, progress the story and to really blow you away. And it it's like no shot is yeah. without is without thought and purpose. You know, the best people, you know, Spielberg, um, Hitchcock, anything like that, they understood that. So anytime you're looking at the screen, they're driving it somewhere you know what i'm saying yep yeah yeah and he's and he's pretty damn good at that so far so yeah i think I, it's so, a lot of props talking about the history of jordan peele a lot of people remember him from key and peele i remember him from mad tv which is like yeah, yeah, yeah. the antithesis to saturday night live i don't even know when mad tv ended to be honest but... i don't know i remember key and peele from the uh white and nerdy weird out music oh, video wow they're, they're the two uh too. They're the That's two gangster perfect. guys in the car that he waves to and he's like, yeah, yep. yeah, um, I, I love that. And what's interesting is uh, when Kim Peel was like huge, um, there was there was a point when people were hearing that Jordan Peel wanted to do horror movies. And I remember being and I don't want to like this isn't me trying to toot my own horn, but I remember when it was announced that Jordan Peel wanted to make a horror movie. I was like, yeah. he's going to kill it. And the reason yeah. that I knew that was because he had done some shorts in uh, Key and Peele that were actually kind of creepy. Did you ever yeah. watch the Baby Fort, Baby Whitaker like sketch? No, I don't think so. So it's it's him, it's him, uh, it's him as a baby Forrest Whitaker. Oh jeez. And uh, Key Keegan's character is like babysitting, like he's like, oh, um, you know, like going to babysit. She's like, oh, I'll be right back. Like you know, just watch my baby. And he's like go go ga ga but it's like very <laughs> uh hold up hold up it's very creepy and the way he yeah. set it up and, and it was uh it was directed by him i got been babysitting for 20 years we I've can talk over this um but yeah the, watch the like uh the creepiness of it because you can even it, see from the from the jump this the lighting of it is already exactly already it, horror movie lighting like already. exactly and it was like when i saw this i remember being in my i think it was college dorm room yeah 2012 um and i remember like watching this and being like why does this feel so like this isn't funny like this just feels really creepy <laughs> yeah no i agree and in a, in a, in a thing that should be all comedy shorts it just it took a turn yeah holy cow i'm feeling it already dude. yeah right it's it's such a <laughs> like it's such a creep and he like sits on his lap because it's like a for the people listening it's like a it's a baby's body but jordan peele's face like, like giant on, head on yeah, it that's like what they used the to do in the george lopez show when they did flashbacks they just put his head on the little kid's body oh good yep. god dude yeah 
Yeah, right now he's asking for breast milk, even though obviously Keegan can't give that. He's giving him the Forrest Whitaker eye, though, all day. Exactly. He's got him like blanket. But uh, yeah, I. That's crazy. I like that. I love when you're always like in something before it, it starts. Like you're there at the beginning, you know, when you discover a new artist before he blows up or something. Yeah, like it's just like that. it's like you watch this sketch. And there's another one, too, where he played like a. It was another horror one. I, I got to remember what that one was, but it was also very elemented in horror. And he directed it and mm-hmm. you felt like, wow, he's like this feels like a guy who understands how to scare someone. Yeah. So when it was announced that he wanted to do horror, I was like, I think he's going to do a pretty good job. I had no, obviously, no inkling of inkling to know that he was going to be as huge as he is now. But like, yeah. I had a feeling like he could make a he could make a good horror movie. You know what I mean? And I'm excited I, that that for his three films, he towed the line between like science fiction and horror. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't make something that would seem to be like a stereotypical horror movie. Like he made ones that were. Had a lot of sci-fi elements or things that were just kind of like you know out of this world in a way yeah okay it, may, it makes for something kind of interesting i don't remember when this show ended but i know get out was 2017 so it had to be at least a i little... think 2015 2014 it was so it had it... to be in like a couple of years yeah i think they i think there's only like four seasons i, I we could look it up but yeah it's not it, it didn't go for by the time Key and Peel ended, Jordan Peel went to go do you know horror and be a director and, and write, and then Keegan yeah. went on to be, have a massive, it's still ongoing, massive he's acting got, career. He's got stints and television movies, like he pops up everywhere. Yeah, he, but he, now he, I I think I remember Get Out like the initial trailers for it because it was one of those things, kind of like the trailer for um, oh gosh, what is that film that I can't remember right now? That one Best Picture. Korean film. What am I thinking uh, about? Uh, Korean Parasite. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, kind. Of, yeah. I I swear I remember the trailer for Get Out being like the trailer for Parasite, where it was like you were shown one movie and then it just became another movie, and I was like, okay. So all through Get Out, I was waiting it for it to become another movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah. it is kind of creepy here and there, but the whole start of it is you know just. Uh, Daniel's character Chris just okay. He's 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 this dude. He's meeting this white girl's family. Right. He's got to go there. It's going to be awkward, and it's a lot of stuff that like people could really connect to of like having to meet parents, having to meet siblings, and then right. having to do a party and being uncomfortable. And yep. I was like, I was sitting there, and then much like Parasite, you get comfortable and lulled into like just you know, all right, cool, I'm in this movie, and then it hits you so hard when it finally you know twist and turns into something terrifying you know what i mean totally agree uh since we're already on the topic let's go through it let's go through um get out so get out came out in 2017 um obviously jordan's debut movie i I guess we can talk i guess you can say kind of keanu is i don't know if anyone saw keanu the movie about the cat yeah yeah we can kind of but in terms of his horror film filmography get out was the first one um Went on to be, I think it's still in the 90% in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. It's really oh, highly it's rated. High. Yeah. Super high and to me, it's it's kind of like the the best horror movie of that 2010 and 2020 era. Yeah. I, 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 it's hard for me to think of another horror movie that eclipses because it's good on every level. It has scares. It has, the psych- it has layers. It has a psychological. And it's also... Uh, what I think is amazing about um, Jordan Peele 
And I can say the same thing almost, well, I guess not in the same vein, but like kind of like John Krasinski, they they add the elements of funny. They can throw funny in there to where they still feel like they're funny. Like yeah. Jordan Peele is funny, I'm sure in real life, because he, he was great on uh, Key and Peele. And in all of his movies, there are elements where you you were honestly laughing. Like it's actually yeah. really yeah. funny. And and his comedy background helps so much because the comedy comes out of something that's that's natural and not right. Not like you know, not like a, a superhero movie joke where it's like they're they're inserting comedy in, in scenes because they realized, oh no, this is a little too moody, and they got to kind of taking shots at Marvel. Him. Oh, I I, I took. Them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because some of the some of the comedy feels like the script doctor came in and he said. You know, I'm putting one here, here, and here because it, it, it needs it for balance. His comedy is always in hand with his dialogue, which feels very natural. His characters make decisions that normal people would make, you know, yep. a.k.a. seeing danger and being like, nah, let's wrap this up. I'm out of here. You know, exactly. things like that. And it's funny because it, it almost becomes like a stereotypical thing to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody sees that. Nah, they're going to they ain't going down to the basement. There's ghosts in there. Let the other people take care of that. Right. But right. it comes from a place of, of, you know, naturalism. And I think the comedy is the same thing, too. Like you do generally laugh at some of the things, even in the terrifying moments. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. Um, If people don't know the plot of get out uh it is about um daniel kalula's character which i'm blanking on the character's name uh chris washington chris washington yep and he's going on uh, to meet like his uh his girlfriend's parent who's played by old girl from girls uh, allison williams that is correct yo dylan's coming with all the yeah the... she plays uh yeah i got them all <laughs> yeah perfect she plays, she, um she plays rose from the armitage family yep and uh, he's going there to go visit uh, the family. Um, and uh, everything that you can uh, listen, um, I don't want to as a as a as an African-American male, I have had the fear of dating a white girl and like having that like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like when you meet the parents, because you just don't know. And that yeah. and that could be, you know, reverse racism or whatever you want to call it that all that, you know, if you want to call it that that's it's 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 valid if you want it to be valid. But you still can't help but have that fear. So in this movie, he did a, such a good job at in the beginning kind of downplaying it like you're crazy. It it's not that. You're crazy. She's yeah. she's protecting him in the beginning. You're crazy. You know what I mean? And then yeah. as the movie goes on, things happen to chris that you find stranger and stranger until i mean i i wish do, do we want to get, get into spoiler territory should we just get into it as to what, oh, what i was gonna with? destroy it go, on this go for it so, go for it go for it <laughs> oh i was gonna destroy it and specifically talk about his girlfriend because go there's so many subtle things on a rewatch that you watch his girlfriend rose do that at first looked like she was siding with Chris and helping him. And then mm -hmm. on the second watch, you realized, you know, stuff like everyone caught, like, you know, she didn't want the police officer to see his ID because she didn't need no paper trail. You know, his, his phone keeps mysteriously getting unplugged. So then, you know, by the oh, time he yeah. needs it, by the helpers, by the black battery is dead. Yeah. Cause when he gets there, he discovers that they have, uh, I don't know, a cook and a groundskeeper, which turn out to actually be the, the the in-laws the parents themselves which you kind of it's funny because it's like 
you know that there's going to be a big twist and something's going on because you lay out like the helper and the mom and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, that she's really weird. And he's really weird. Like, obviously yeah. there's something there, but the twist is still so good. and so impactful that you don't, you know, it's, it's this ability to give the audience a little bit of information and they start thinking like, Oh yeah, I got some of this. And then you realize, no, you don't, you don't have Jack. Right. And it's really, exactly. it's really cool. The, uh, the uh, little bit that they give them. Do you, did you, when you finished Get Out, did you come away with a lot of the layers that he put in it, in it, or did you have to like go back and like rewatch it to catch a lot of things that he was doing? I think it took me a while to catch everything, man. I caught a lot of it. I caught, like, I thought I was really smart for catching. um, There's a scene in the movie where uh, Chris, he's being brainwashed in that room in the, in the chair yeah. Um. So that they can, you know, pretty much take out his brain and like substitute it for a white guy's brain. Uh. Because the, the the thing, the guy who wants him is like a guy who can't see, but he's an artist, isn't that? Yeah, what he's it a is? he's a blind art dealer. Yeah. Uh, he's it's funny. He's played by this actor named Stephen Root, and mm. he has like one of my favorite things in this film, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, because he's also playing a blind guy in that film. Oh and no he way! Just, he just really cracks. He me is up, not so. blind though in real life, right? No, no. Okay, okay I've seen okay. him in other stuff as far yeah. as I know, so it kills me. But yeah, I know a scene you're talking about where he's picking the the cotton from the chair and and he uses it to stuff the cotton in his ears. Yeah, stuff like that. Kudos to the YouTuber guys that find like the thirty hidden things because <laughs> I definitely, I definitely didn't get that because I was too like invested in like the plot because I was sure. like, yo, I hadn't seen this. Much like a, a Nolan film, I was like, damn, this is the coolest shit I've seen in a long time. They're going to take his brain, put it in that brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. The, the the layers of the, the Shrek onion, you know, the whole like, oh, the, you know, everyone that was at the party and people talking to him and them actually touching his arm to see how muscular he was and, you know, finding out all these people had different reasons for bidding on him. Just right. like the, the art dealer did. None of that came on the first watch. It came on the second. And I was like, damn, that's really cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. I think the what was interesting to me in that movie was like, yeah, I, I caught the cotton immediately because it was like he I saw him picking it. And I was like, and then when he got out, I was like, this brother just picked cotton <laughs> to get out. And I, I caught it immediately. But what I thought was interesting in that movie was he used uh, tropes that black people deal with like that again like the scene you were talking about where he's at the house party and they're giving mm-hmm. him like oh you know are, you know are you fast like a black person or all those things they yeah. were saying and you think when you're watching the movie that they're just being like uh passive aggressive racist yeah but then actually you find out yeah. exactly but then you find out that they're asking them this question because he's he's his body is being he's up for bid is yeah. up for auction you know what i mean so it's like it's a double like it's it's racist, but they're not actually being racist because they're actually just trying to use his body for their own selfish purposes. Like the, you know, them the the grandfather putting himself in a black eye so that he can beat Jesse Owens and like all yeah. that kind of you know what I mean. Like it's crazy what that movie did. It's such oh, a good gosh. movie. And that one line in the when they're touring the house and they say, "Oh yeah, you know." his mom loved this kitchen. So we keep a piece of her in here and the mom is in the kitchen, literally in that woman's body. That shit on a rewatch blew me away. Cause I was like, write that down, write that down. Great. I was like, that was so cool. Um, I found out a little, 
a little bit of stuff that I liked was the amount of Shining references he actually has in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, please enlighten me. Because I'm like trying to get through like the layers of just, you know, cool little things like that, like the cotton and whatnot. And I was like, oh, I actually went on to look at this film, Us, and then even Nope, and found a lot of like classic movie references that he threw in there. Um, So like them touring the house is a shining reference uh, from Peel himself that he says to, to like establish her surroundings the same way that they run around the big overlook hotel. Yeah. Um, the blue font for the beginning credits is like the shining as well, which I always oh. thought was confusing in the shining. Why the hell they use like a weird blue baby font. Yeah. And he used the same one in the beginning of the movie. So that's never something I ever caught. And then uh, Rod, his best friend, like the TSA agent, yep, yep, yep. he kind of plays like the cook's role, uh, Dick Halloran, where he's, you know, like an outside piece from all that's going on at their place. And then he kind of comes in and you're hoping he comes in to like save the day. Yeah, that's that's Rod's character. Cool. Uh, so funny. Well, I think I love horror movies that give you a character that the audience is. Rod is us. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Rod is is the audience going why are you going in there you idiot that's yeah the audience so when rod shows up it's like let's go you know like yeah. he is, dude it, i told you not to mess with this white girl like you know like it <laughs> it is i love that's why i feel like it, it's it's tough to compare his uh, anything jordan peele does from now on because yeah get out was perfect he did everything absolutely right I think obviously he's going to have more money. He's going to make bigger movies. Nope is a huge example. Nope. On a scale, it looks gorgeous. It's, it's, it's definitely his most beautiful film I've ever seen. You know, what's crazy Um, too is I think he knows that like that, that first movie was just fired all cylinders. Right. He's just, he's just, I don't even really feel like he is focused nor what I focus on trying to top. Sure. The, the Kung Fu perfection that that was. But talking about budgets, you're right on, dude. This one was tiny. Uh, oh, um, yeah, Get Out. Get Out was like 4.5 mil with a gross of 255, which Woo! is insane. It blew up like nobody's business. They gave him 20 mil for us, and it pretty much made the same amount. And then this last one, Nope, was like, I think they said like 68 million. Oh, so really? Definitely, Only 68? Yeah, so it it tripled from the last one, and it's a lot more than the first, but you can see how it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Who knows? He's getting the the green light. I'm surprised they didn't do a nope like house for Halloween Horror Nights. They did an Us one, um, but yeah. yeah. Um, And I also feel that uh, before we get into Us, I feel like Jordan Peele, and I think this is another reason why I, I felt the way I felt about Nope is Jordan Peele to me always did a really good job of like incorporating a song that like kind of felt like a theme. You know yeah. what I mean? And Nope to me didn't have that. Like get out the the opening is uh uh Childish Gambino's Redbone. Yeah. And you kind of feel that like theme throughout the movie that like don't 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 like it's yeah. like a haunting and then for us, it's what's the names I I got five on it, so it has yeah. that, like it's he's taking like a, a a common rap song or like you know whatever, and then kind of finding the horror in it, which I yeah. uh, which I find really cool. And 
So I was waiting for that moment in Nope because I was like, oh, he seems to do this in all his movies. And Nope yeah, didn't have that either. So I was kind of just like, yeah. dang. Like I, but again, I feel like I went into it with the wrong intentions. I went into it thinking it was going to have a lot of those Jordan, Jordan Peele tropes. And that's kind of unfair. Like you have to give him room to be like, what if I don't do that? If that is that yeah. all right? You know what I mean? So, you know. I know anyway. he used the same, uh, what you would call it, composer for all three, uh, Michael Abels. Who yeah. was like super unknown because I remember the beginning and then throughout pieces of uh Get Out, just that creepy chanting thing that he put on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, uh yeah, Swahili, yeah. and it was just like I don't know, it just you never heard something like that. And he did something real similar in us that made you kind of it was like a spine tingling thing. And I yeah. thought the same thing when you went into Nope, but I ended up realizing that he just went with something really different, like he didn't hit those. The way that he did on the other ones exactly yeah I and agree. that might have that might have brought some of it down when it's you know okay this hit this hit this hit but then the score wasn't there and you know in terms of making perfect perfect across the board like when that falls flat then obviously something's gonna you know go down yep um the other thing i want to talk about for get out that i thought was so crazy when i saw it was the sunken place Ooh. which i feel people have copied and they've come nowhere close to recreating how cool it was in his version. Oh, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Just watching like the the little kid Chris, and then he just sinks back. Now sink. It, it looks <clears throat> in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so crazy. Listening to the commentary, which I thought this was really interesting, but we never got to see it. He yeah. said that everyone's sunken place would look different because it's based off their like their mind, their imagination, their, their wow. body, or whatever. And yeah. yeah, that Chris is kind of like, obviously he feels guilty in the film because in his past, his mom got into an accident and was in, was lying dead in the street and he was at home watching TV and was kind yeah. of, you know, stuck there and didn't know what to do. Couldn't move. So yeah, exactly. When he sinks in, it's when he's looking up, it's like he's looking into a television screen and just stuck. like that box stuck. and yeah. then just stuck and then going down. Yeah, and he's he wrote that when he originally was writing it, when you got this whole brain transplant thing, whatever, and you were that you know that was it, you yeah. were just dead. And he in the writing process discovered that you know he wanted them to actually be conscious in the background. And I when I first watched the movie and you know he's in that chair and they're doling out that you know scene and all that, I was like, dude, that's terrifying. Like Absolutely. the creepiest thing I've seen in a long time to think that you could be in their body and you're just in the background and you're never going to be able to, yeah, to crawl, you're, you're, crawl out of it. It's like you're in the ship, but you're not the pilot. You're just kind of just watching someone else. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Crazy. Um, I don't want to move on if you have other things about Get Out. Like if you have... No, no, unless oh. you got any last things. No, 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 no. I mean, all in all, I just think, I mean, if we're talking Jordan Peele's filmography and we're ranking them, if we're ranking them just based on, like, movie, like, how good the movie is, I think Get Out is number one. I think yeah. the next movie we're going to get into, Us, I think is the scariest movie he's done so far. I think mm. that movie has the most, like, you just feel unsettled watching it. Yeah, whereas time. Yeah, whereas Get Out is like the best movie, like like the best complete movie. I think Get Out it takes the cake. Yeah, um, it, in terms of just 
yeah, filmmaking across the board, I I definitely think it's number one. And then wherever us and Nope rank is more of like how you personally feel is what I'm exactly. thinking. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But it does lead us into us, which came two years later in 2019 with a bigger um, budget and different actors. Different actors, yeah. Uh, I, I guess, yeah. I like you, want, you want to talk about uh, just like the origins of us, what year and everything like that? Okay, so for us, damn, I always <laughs> like when, to see like when a director really gets going, yeah. who, who they bring around with them. Because you know, like Adam Sandler's got a crew and Tarantino's got regulars. I was interested when this film came out because I wanted to know, like, was he going to have a regular? Was it going to be like Michael Caine that he shows up in every Nolan film or something like that? And I love that when Us came out, it was like across the board. It was just a completely different set of Mm -hmm. people. Um, But Us, if you don't know, is about a family who... I guess they're at their like vacation home or like yeah. So the characters are Adeline. I think the dad's name is Gabe. Uh, Gabe, Gabe, and then there's yeah. Zora and Jason, and they're yeah. They're at like the beginning of the movie starts with them being like, oh, um, they're going on vacation, but there's a beach that Gabe wants to go to that for some reason Adeline's very hesitant about. Yeah, like, she does no. not want to go. The Santa Cruz boardwalk in yep. California. In California. And yeah. I, well, the, the good thing too is when this movie first starts, Jordan Peele shows like the three things that inspired him to make this movie. The Hands Across America. Yeah. The um oh man, what else? There's a couple of things he shows like in the, on that little TV screen. Yeah. And then the movie starts. Well, there's a VHS copy of the movie Chud. Yeah, supposed to be about underground dwellers, which I didn't catch. That's another YouTuber catch that I had to give props to. There it is. Yeah. You know what's cool? I think after watching all three films, this one has the best uh, opening scene. Because the opening scene for Get Out is when the uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character gets abducted. Yep. Kind of in that like Halloween-esque, nice suburban neighborhood. Yep. And then Nope's opening scene is really confusing. And I'm don't count the monkey scene as the opening. I really count the father and son scene as the opening. Oh, for Nope. Yeah. Yeah. But this, I love it so much because it's just little Adelaide and she's at the, uh, the fair at the uh, Santa Cruz boardwalk with her parents who, uh, I cannot pronounce this actor's name. He plays black Manta. He plays her father in this, but, and he was also Uh, Dr. Manhattan uh, in the Watchmen series. Yeah. He's got a crazy long name. Yeah. And I can never pronounce it for the love of me. But she's at like the boardwalk and then wanders off and then goes into like the, the fun house. Isn't like Yaha, Yahe. Yeah, like Yaha Abdul Mateen the second. That means somebody else had that. <laughs> somebody else had a name and was like, he's gonna be my same name. But it's really confusing. I don't care. I don't the care. Second. But I, I yeah. love this because she goes into the fun house and then she sees like her double, but you get the rest of the scene later, but you get just a glimpse of it there. And I was just like, that's how you do it. You know, much like when you're in English class and they're like, you got to write a good, you know, opening and it's got to hook people. Yeah. That's just hooked from the start. Absolutely. And he's already killing it with the visuals and the lighting and the cinematography and the rest yep. of it is just like a treat from there. But anywho, the family is there, they're back at Santa Cruz. And then one night there literally is a copy of their family that 
assaults them and breaks into the house with the uh, the Heideki rock. That was that joke landed so hard in the theater. It wasn't even funny. It was like, what kind of yeah. white people shit is this? The Heideki rock. Yep, yep, yep. And I don't know about you, but as far as like memorable scenes from him in these three films, that scene was so impactful for me when she starts talking. I shit myself. Like hands down. <laughs> just like, just yeah. like that. Lupita just like that her, put her vocal cords through the Killed ringer it. for that and they yeah. said she like studied with a bunch of different vocal teachers and stuff because yep. the horrible thing about doing a film like this is you're basically making the movie twice because you have to have the actors and then they're playing you know another version of themselves so having to then switch between doing that and not doing that you know it's like batman christopher Bale, yeah you know christian bale's batman kind of thing I, I think what's so so yeah I, I watched an interview with Jordan Peele uh, when Us was coming out and uh, yeah like uh, Dylan said this movie's about doppelgangers and um, Jordan Peele said he he started writing the script because as a kid he had a fear of you staring in the mirror and then your obviously your reflection just starts smiling at you like oh, in God. like you know what I mean like just not mm-hmm. stops doing what you're doing and is doing something completely different. That is terrifying. Yeah. And this movie does such a good job at giving that fear of like, what if, you know, like it, cause the, they're, they're scared. They're scared of like a, a an alternate version of themselves. Even yeah. in the movie, Lupita talks about like, while your son was doing this up here, my son oh, was dude. doing this. It was terrifying, man. Right. Exactly. So, there was something um, about just like the voice combined with the story that, you just got sucked into hearing her tell it and it was just got creepier and creepier. Right. Um, but I like this film because um, I'm a nerd with it. So I, well, I'll watch certain things like on a rewatch and I'll clock when certain act breaks kind of happen and different uh-huh. things like that. Sure. And what I like about this film is this, you know, Jordan Peele twist moment is way earlier than get out. You know, this whole idea of, okay, here's their doppelgangers comes so much earlier in the film. Now we get to spend this whole time just like dealing with it. And I I like the idea. Like, I think that's a challenge in many ways uh, to do something like that. Because then Um, you have to think about like in this movie, again, when you watch it again, which is what he's brilliant at doing. Yeah. The first movie, you feel very like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, you know, the first time you're watching it, when you realize that Lupita was switched, oh, you're like, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's crazy that that happened. Mm-hmm. But then everything starts to like process like, okay, well then that means that the girl that was switched had to learn how to, she learned how to talk through the, 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 the dwellers through the doppelgangers. Like that's how she yeah. learned how to talk. So that's why she sounds like that. But then she yeah. had the brain intellect of a, of a top person, which is why she conv- con, you know, this thought of this plan to have them uprise and, you know, whatever, because she's the only one that had the like, uh, I guess, an an up top brain. I guess is the yeah. you know, um, yeah. It, it definitely on a second rewatch kills you because you just see so much. Like, oh, that's why she can talk, and they all grunt because she's exactly. actually she's actually the up top person, not the tethered person. And then stuff like you know, the end of the you know, her being afraid to go to that beach and specifically not right. wanting to be around where they originally switched them and. And things because, like that, like it really kills you, man. 
you do kind of feel for the original Adeline because it's not even that she's upset that she was switched. She's just like, why didn't you just take me? Like, why wouldn't, why didn't we yeah. both go? It's it nothing to, Oh man. That's, go ahead, that's go ahead. Killer, no, go ahead. no, I didn't pick that up. The exact same thing you said. I yeah. didn't even pick up until I rewatched it like a day ago that mm. she asked to go with her yeah. to the, to the real world. That blew me away. And she, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, it's almost like her guilt of knowing that she could have just saw her and been like, let's both go. And you were like, no, let's, you know, I'm, we, I have to switch, you know, cause then it's like, there's that part when again, with like the brilliance of that, like layered film, when she comes back up and they think she's been traumatized cause she doesn't know how to speak anymore. Yeah. So the dad's like, I don't know why she won't talk, but it's just because she just doesn't know how, you know, like, yeah. On the Crazy. rewatch, on the rewatch, you get that really, really well. Is like, yeah. oh, she's actually trying to learn everything, and it's actually terrifying to her up here because it's not like down below, exactly. which makes you feel so crappy for the tethered as a whole, as oh, a yeah. society. That it's like you just got forgotten about, and you just get you know crapped on down there. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, they're, they're eating rabbits. Like, they're eat- what's that's happening? That's one of the things um, in his first film, Get Out, he's uh, Jordan says that the uh, the society, they're actually called the Red Alchemist Society. All mm-hmm. of the people that made up like the uh, the group that was bidding. He said he has like a whole mythology and backstory, which is probably its own like book in itself. Probably. I was disappointed in only one thing in this in us. And that's that you didn't get more of the tethered. Like their yeah. world, how it started. I, the, because it was is, a little confusing. It was because, con- yes. like, it, you'd see, like, and it up lost top, people a little bit. Up top, they'd be doing something, and then down below, they'd be doing the exact same thing. Yeah, you they see, show you know I mean? later in the film, they show the first scene again with the girls going through the carnival with their parents, uh, yeah. young Adelaide. And then they show them downstairs, and they're basically just like miming the motions, and they don't actually have the same items that they do. Right, exactly. And I was like, all I see is kind of like chalkboards, rabbits, and a hallway. And she gives a brief history of the fact that like humans made them to try and control people up there, and right. you know, bend people to their will. And then it just grew so big, and then they got abandoned. And I don't know if it's better that you don't know. The whole history, because the mystery is what gives it its potency. Mm. But I just, I just want a little bit more, just a little bit. Yeah, I know? agree, dude. I agree. It was really interesting, but yeah, like you said, they didn't really explore it. So I just kind of felt like, though yeah, it was yeah. cool, I was like, wait, so then why? Like, because and you see it too that scene where like Jason kind of figures it out, so he starts backing up and he backs his tethered into the fire. Yeah. I was going to talk about that. That I didn't realize that until rewatching it that. He, for some reason, with his tether, learns that you can really control it as well as it controlling you in a way. So he made him, like, back up yeah. into the fire. But nobody else seems to really have that same power. Yeah, to the point where they could do that. You that's, know what what I, that's what I felt so interesting is that, like, and there was a rumor that Jay, or, uh, Jordan Peele has uh, said did not, is not true, was that that um jason is also flipped like he was flipped with his tethered oh he not uh well he not the damn you got something to say you didn't like nope he not was like listen i gotta get my co-producer credit right now 
Hold yeah, this literally second. this uh we're we're literally uh while we're doing this, we're like watching scenes like and yeah, this is literally the scene where it's like down there, their their actors are like the tethered are doing the same thing. It's it's very interesting. A, hope there's not a tethered version of Hinata because she's probably a bigger asshole. <laughs> All right. Um wait, I mean, I know the uh the tethered version of Adelaide Red or whatever. I know she talks about the fact that they kind of failed to make this happen to completely control someone with one of these tethered versions yeah. but it almost makes me feel like that jason and his like generation you know maybe finally like clicked on its own like a jurassic park scenario where like life mm. found a way and now he actually can control it in some sort of small way yeah maybe so, so the experiment did kind of work with time you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, um, yeah that's its own sequel right there and i'm not ready to write yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 this movie is just so creative. Like even even though it has mm-hmm. its its moments of like, I wish it would explode that more. I wish this made a yeah. little more sense. You know, like it, it it's interesting. And I remember after I watched, it, I was like, this is this is great. There are a lot of people that are there are a good amount of people that I remember being like, I didn't like it, and I was like, dang, I don't mm-hmm. get it. And that leads me, me into nope because I felt the exact opposite. I didn't get it. And there's so many people that were like, well, you just didn't get it. Like it, it was great. You didn't. And I was like, shit, I'm on the opposite side of because <laughs> us, I was in the yo, yeah. you, bro, you fucking, how'd you not get that shit? You know, like yeah. and now I feel like I'm the like, I'm on the outside looking in, you know, I'm oh, missing gosh. the party. You know? That's how I was too. When people told me like nope, like started coming out and reviews were weird for it. I was like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Because again, that first viewing, I was just in awe because I was like, who the hell does that? I've never seen a story like that. That's crazy. Right, We've seen right. doppelganger stories because I know one of his inspirations is the is another Twilight Zone episode called Mirror Image, mm. where a woman is at a train state uh, train or bus station or whatever, and. You know, she's talking to like people and they're asking her why she's asking the question again and that she's odd and she discovers there's a complete doppelganger of her there, like at the station. And oh. she gets like all freaked out by it. Definitely yeah. watch that because it's okay, really good. Okay. You can you can see how like it plays into the film like heavily in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was just like, I don't see anybody making a movie like this. And to the credit of you know, Universal and you know who he pairs with. They're really letting him make his films the way Absolutely. he wants to make them. And that's, Absolutely. you know, why we're getting such quality content, you know? Yeah, I agree. There's also agree. a bunch of Jaws references in this one in particular. And I was Are really we, happy about it. Are we getting into it? Are we going to get into Nope? Uh, I'm, before we leave, the Jaws yeah, references yeah, yeah. are a Jaws t-shirt, which I think Jason wears. Um, the whole scene where she's on the beach freaking out is chief brody freaking out on the beach that there's you know another shark oh you mean the, the scene where like, jason's like they think he's missing or whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. that famous push pull and then mm. there's a there's like a life raft pop-up thing that's like the barrels popping up in jaws when he's on the craw daddy oh I love yeah the daddy. yeah 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 best boat name ever 20 2019 <laughs> r.i.p craw let's daddy. Let's get into Nope because it's too good not to get into. All right, so yeah, now we're on the the third project in the woke trilogy, as (laughs) Dylan has coined it. That's a I like it a lot. Um, Makes sense. Nope follows the story of OJ and M, 
they are the great, great, great. Uh, There's another great. <laughs> great. Uh, grandchildren of um, the, I guess, the first horse jockey and that was ever like horse and it was ever caught on film. They're the first people on film. Right. Isn't that what they're trying to say? Yeah, that's like me. The, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. But yeah, I did. I I had to did the research. like five different books I have on classic Hollywood mm-hmm. and then still do more research to figure out what he made up and how he made it up. Because And that's what's hilarious is that when I saw that, I was like, knowing Jordan Peele, this might be accurate. I really don't know. You know what I mean? Most, like, most of it is until they get to basically what you would want to make up, which is like a family lineage. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, in this movie, they are the of the first ever recorded like sen- like piece of film is a black guy riding a horse. Um, and they are yeah. the great, great descendants of that actor or, you know, what they would call a movie star almost. Um, and their family uh, are like animal wranglers for movies. Uh, they yeah. train horses and, you know, help them be in movies. I think in the movie they talked about, they try to be in the Scorpion King, which is that The Rock movie. Oh, dude, so hilarious! Good, yeah, like the it's, the spinoff film from the uh, the Mummy Returns. Yeah, the Scorpion King with Dwayne the Dwayne, Dwayne the, Rock the Rock Johnson, Johnson which I way hilarious. way back in the day. Man. In this movie, he goes like, "Yeah, they ended up they didn't even use our horse; they used camels instead." Yeah. So it was like so <laughs> funny, dude. Um, I love yeah. that. But while that's happening, um. There is a scene in the beginning. Again, uh, you know, we we spoiled the other two. We're going to spoil this one too. So if you're going to see Nope, maybe pause, go see it, come back to this podcast. But uh, what if I were? Please do. Um, but uh, while in the beginning uh, of this movie, uh, OJ. Oh wait, no, no, no. Let's 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 start from the beginning. Beginning. There is a scene oh, called the Gordy's, monkey. Yeah, Gordy's home, and the beginning sequence. Which when I first saw it, I thought it was just a extra scene for his monkey paw production mm-hmm. so it's it's a monkey who's like apparently murdered all these people on a set and then he's like he has a birthday hat on he takes the birthday hat on he stares into the the lens and then it goes into the farmhouse and you were just confused as fudge so for like the next confused. 40 minutes yeah you're like yeah. why was that even there but um yeah then it goes to oj who is then um with his father um you know they're having a conversation all of a sudden a lot of these you know metal pieces start moving around in the air and uh as the movie keeps pushing a bad miracle happens where a coin goes through his dad's head and out of his skull and kills him um and that's kind of how the movie starts it starts with uh with a with a murder of a father and just like them uh Daniel Kalula's character OJ and then Kiki Palmer who I think is a a huge scene stealer in this movie I wasn't Um, sure because I didn't think I was gonna like her in this she was great but but she's so genuine with the performance that she fits so well and he brought back he brought back Daniel which I thought was interesting you know you you heard what he said about Daniel right what he said that that, yeah you you heard it yeah that he's uh his uh he's like he's the my um He's my De Niro. So oh, yeah. Scorsese. Yeah. And I was I like, love that's that. brilliant. That's brilliant. Because everyone else is new as far as, you know, acting across the board. And Daniel came back for it. And I thought about it a lot. And I like Daniel's performance better in this than Get Out, which is a lot to really? say. 
Yeah. Wow. wow it's wow, a wow, lot wow, to wow. say, but I like it better here because both his character and his sister's character, I've literally met those like exact people before in my life. So when I watched it, I imagined those people and it made everything so like real to me. Like they weren't right. just characters going through whatever. Like they were like the realest people I could imagine because I was like, oh yeah, I've seen, I've seen that guy before. I've seen someone who, you know, is really like, you know, very little words, very closed off, you know, having to deal with all this BS and whatnot. And I just yeah. loved it. Um. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so the, the movie starts and um, OJ is seeing some craziness in the sky. Um, doesn't really know quite what it is, but we all believe it to be a UFO. And uh, he tells um, he tells Em about it. And then she's like, okay, well then let's get the, let's record it because that, that costs money. Like we'll get money if we get this like amazing footage of this ufo mind you when he sees the ufo he then um goes i think the next night they're in the shed um one of the one of the horses goes away and then ends like why is ghost in the in like the outside area where the horses shouldn't be and that's where you see that jordan peele is using the horses names as chapters I loved that. So it's like Ghost is a chapter. And then I think uh, Lucky is a chapter. Ghost, and Lucky, Gordy, Gordy is a one. chapter. And, and then, then um, I thought there was one more. Jean Jacket, which he names yeah. the UFO, but it's also yeah. his dad's first horse, I believe. I think it was the uh, the horse Jean Jacket. I think wasn't that the uh, was the Scorpion King horse, or was that a different one? I can't yeah, because remember, remember because I think in the movie Kiki Palmer talks about. Jean Jacket. Oh yeah, that she was going to be her. But then yeah. they ended up using it for Scorpion King instead. So they, they yeah. Using it. But anyway, um, damn Scorpion King. <laughs> Scorpion King, man. Um, but yeah. So uh, uh, he what the the scene that gets me and seeing it this time again, I I knew it was going to happen, so I was able to accept it. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene where he first kind of sees some weirdness. Then he goes back inside. I think there's a light that turns on. He goes into his shed. And then there's these these aliens that are in oh, the shed. Dude. Now, I think that's one of these. Like, it was so well done. It was scary. There is a scene where the it was alien, funny. Yeah, it was funny. There was a scene where the yeah. alien was like creeping around the corner. And I was like, that is just great filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Oh man! And then it was such realize... a cool shot because you're watching Ooh. it, and when it's slowly putting its head out, your head is leaning to try and see around the pool because exactly. he won't he won't give it to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then um, you realize that it's just kids from a pretty much neighboring like uh, amusement yeah, park? amusement yeah yeah like, like a like a country amusement park yeah literally Dollywood is like opposite of of his farmland of his farm yeah bringing yeah. him as a as retribution for something earlier yeah um and then that's when we'll get into um so then anyway that happens he goes back out he sees this ufo um has no idea what's going on and then he goes and tells m and then m goes okay well then we need to get the money shot what they call the oprah shot the oprah shot um of this uh of this ufo but while that's happening there is a side story 
of Gordy's home, which is Stephen Yoon's character, which I, every time I see him, I'm just like, Glenn from Walking Dead, bro. Glenn from Walking Dead. He's still out here, bro. I'm He's so sorry you got typecasted in my mind as Glenn from The Walking Glenn Dead. Glenn from The Walking Dead, bro. But yeah, they they also are, I think uh, OJ has sold some of his horses to Glenn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Glenn has a side, like on the other side of farmland, he is using the ufos as a show where he is literally taking uh oj's horses and setting them off so that it could be sucked up by the ufo is what i'm assuming is going on right and the repeat viewing kills me because when oj talks to him about getting some of the horses back i initially thought that you know steven's character was being just hesitant about you know, talking about price and selling them back and making a payment. And I realized right. he can't sell back the horses because the horses are gone. Yeah. And he doesn't want to tell him that. Like, oh, what's and it happening. made me so sad thinking about it. Man. Exactly. Yeah. But I think the, the weirdest thing about that sequence is how fucked up uh, Jupe is. He has a oh, side, yeah. he has a side room 100%. where he has a dedicated, like, this is the trauma that happened to my life where I saw a monkey. Yeah destroy like kill like yeah. mutilate his crush like now she has no lips and she looks like an alien she looks an alien herself you know what i mean it's odd um, because it's it's like he has this trauma and instead of like working through the trauma he like built a shrine to worship the trauma right he built a shrine and, and it, then it, it, it's really creepy and then on top of that there's that scene where uh m is like what was it like what does it happen and he doesn't even tell her he's just like oh did you see the snl sketch yeah it's, yeah, it's, he, I, I couldn't tell you better than how they perform, but I'm like, no, because when we go to the flashback of what really happened, that shit's traumatizing, bro. It's oh, not yeah. a Chris Kattan sketch, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's legit. Yeah. You know, like, it, what the hell? Like, his way of, instead of, like, trying to tell you something painful and dealing with it, he just tells you about the the obviously, like, really tasteless comedy. <laughs> like, I was thinking about it, like, okay, SNL, like, blah, 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 like, that's gotta be tasteless as hell that you made a whole comedy sketch about people getting murdered on, a on a on like, a Disney Channel sitcom, sitcom you know yeah. what I mean? Like, a that's, part, a part I, of me, I just, I don't know. It's too a, much. <laughs> a part of me on my second viewing, I was like, is this Jordan Peele's, like, because he was on Mad TV, shot at SNL? I, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know reason, if that's accurate, but I was like, I just, why did he use SNL in such like a, like SNL, would they really make such a tasteless yeah. like sketch? You know what I mean? Like, I dang, know. bro. He threw shots. Um, right. I kept getting like ELF vibes. I kept thinking that sitcom <laughs> that they were filming was like a, a version of ELF. I have no yeah, idea why. That's a, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about ELF. Yeah. Yeah. That makes um, a lot of sense. But, but on, on the rewatch and then just digesting it after the first watch, the Gordy's home stuff made so much sense when you looked at when you finally got like the second twist. Cause I feel like there's two. There's a first twist of just, oh dude, there's a UFO out here and you know it keeps it developing. And the second twist is when, you know, OJ pieces together the fact that it's not like, you know, a metal aircraft. It's actually like a creature, a territorial creature that right. is effing up things and they don't know what they're going to do about it. Right. And so the Gordy's home stuff and, you know, the idea of exploiting things and not being able to control these things, like the, the monkey stuff made sense yeah. down, down the line. Yeah. I think the, it took me a second, but I got like, cause obviously the bad miracle of the shoe 
sitting straight up, which um, he also shrined, which to me is, again, what what the fuck? Yeah, with blood on it. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, but yeah. he also shrined, which is like, he was able to, it seemed like the the balloons popping is what set Gordy off into this killing spree. And then which obviously- really poetic because the end of the film is a balloon killing it is. the UFO. Right. And it's actually right. Steven Yoon's character, Bo- you know, character's balloon. killing, killing yeah. him. Yeah. You know, um, it's weird too, because I know that Jordan talks about the idea of exploitation and people like loving it, even mm-hmm. when it's something, you know, terrifying. Like when Gordy goes on a rampage, he, he keeps the memorabilia and the shoe and stuff. But OJ also keeps that nickel that went through his dad's oh, brain shit. and he pinned it to the right. wall. And I figured yeah. it's a little different when he keeps it because it's kind of one of those like weird, fascinating things, but yeah. it's also like almost an odd memento, but it still plays the same line of they're keeping something. They're keeping bad miracles. This. Yeah. These, these weird yeah. things, but at least OJ's not profiting off of yeah. these <laughs> memorabilia. That's you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's crazy to me that you then make money off it. That, that feels like blood money, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Very creepy. But anyway, uh, we then see that happens with Stephen Yu. They they meet up with him. Then when they get back to the house, they're trying to catch this um this UFO on tape, and they don't find success because there's a bug that finds gets on the camera. We also meet Angel's character, who's uh way different than what i thought he was gonna be when i first like he he ends up being a i didn't think he was gonna be a lead i thought he was gonna be like uh he sets up the shit and then you never see him again but he's in every sequence after that he's always there i guess Um, the actor fought hard to not get killed off either oh really is that true yeah which i kind of i kind of like because he gets so close to being killed and then they kind of like pull him back you know yeah 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 um but anyway so while they're trying to figure that out uh, you then see Stephen Yoon's character, Stephen Yoon's character, um, putting on a show, trying to show off the UFO. Um, and this is where I heard about people saying that this was a, like this scene was the scariest scene they had seen in a really long time. I oh, do dude. not suffer from claustrophobia. I don't have that oh. same fear. But like for people that do, I can understand that this scene is yeah. very traumatizing. Because it's I just thought, like bodies stacked on body stacked on body. On and then, which also makes sense because whenever you hear the UFO, it's people screaming. I That's terrifying. Right? And I thought it was such a good, like, feature that, like, he was going around and he didn't just immediately suck him up and kill him. He was, mm-hmm. like, flying around still. No, I thought that was terrifying when I first saw it. Not even because of, like, claustrophobia. I didn't even think of that. I just thought, bro, yeah. that's got to suck. right yeah to get like jumped to get sucked up in there and then to just be in like these like intestines and then not be able to like just jump out you know what i mean i was like oh god and everyone's screaming and it's all chaotic no that that killed me that was creepy you know what i thought too two things about like when he does the whole show the alien costumes that he does look like monkey fur which i thought was pretty insensitive oh and almost more of like the the ape thing you know what i'm saying like yeah, they yeah, have yeah. the alien head but the rest of the body looks like monkey fur yeah and then right. i felt so bad because i didn't think about it until today he invites the girl 
from Gordy's home that got her face ripped off to his show. And the first thing that happens up. is the girl gets sucked up and killed. Like, she can't even catch no breaks. Gordy can't. She's literally so mutilated. She, and, oh he was like, there's my, there's my first crush. There she is. Oh, from Gordy's home. Yeah. And she's over there like, hello, waving. And then it's <laughs> sucked up so bad dude um, oh, it's so horrible but the so the movie has a uh a thing which again it also works with the gordy's home um which is if you look at it look at it in the eyes it's going to kill you and mm-hmm. steven yoon's character is looking at it but he's looking at it through like a a, a sheet on the table isn't that why the that's why the monkey doesn't kill him, oh, right? I didn't even think about that. When you look at the top of like the frame is all blurred, and yeah. I didn't realize it until today that it's blurred because he's looking through like a sheet. Yeah. But it's like weird a... because it's almost like it's gonna kill him and then it like recognizes him and then it tries to fist bump him. Yeah, I I knock on wood and oh my god, I, I don't mean this offensively at all, but I thought is it because he's Asian and his eyes are like you know what I mean, like he can't really see. His eyes. I, I, I do not mean that offensively at all. Oh my god, I might have to cut this. No, out. I get what but you, I get. What you see what I'm trying to say? Like I, I didn't yeah. know if that's what. Well, the... I was thinking the same thing about what were the reasons that he didn't get murked on. Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to find out. It was like I, I don't really yeah. understand it, but like, either a, it's because of that film that's on the table that like the, he can't really see his eyes because he even tries to do the fist pump through the film, so he like really can't see his eyes. I'm assuming he just sees the bottom half of his face. And probably, yeah. like you said, recognizes him because it seems like in that shrine room, he was like, that's our first fist bump. So it seems like that's something that they did. Like those two characters on Gordy's home is a yeah. fist bump. So yeah. I don't know. But um, anyway, the the movie thing is like, don't look at it directly in the eyes. And it, for some reason, this UFO will not get you. I don't know why that is. Well, the idea of the, the fist bump is interesting because there's a point in the film where they talk about how he's trying to tame something. And normally when you have an animal, you have to give something for it to give something back. And yeah. I like the idea that the fist bump is a meeting of, of you giving and them giving something. And right. that could be another reason why like it doesn't kill him. But the stuff about not looking in the eye... Uh, settled better with me this time when you realize from the beginning that it was a creature so it was trying to establish like dominance 100 percent of the time and the mm. only time where it went off the cuff is when you pissed it off yeah like when thought they... in the, the horse in the beginning where he tells yeah. him not to look at him in the eyes yeah when he ate the flag and then he got all pissed because of it and started doing crazy stuff and then when yep. they fed him the uh the fake horse which was hilarious then he went ahead and just murdered the whole show and then yep. threw everything up on the house, which I thought that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing. Cause it's just the whole thing of it is just terrifying. No, oh, yeah. Rained, all the elements of it. It felt like the, the T-Rex scene from Jurassic Park Literally, where it was just dude. dark raining, can't see. And it's just a, one horror element, like one after the other. Yep. I love it. Um, but then, okay. So we get through that um they're trying to because what's happening is also when this ufo shows up all electricity stops working so even when they got those cameras there's a backup camera that uses like an external battery but still cannot get footage of this ufo so they enlist the help of a director that was there in the beginning or a cinematographer i think that was there in the beginning with the oddest name yeah yeah it was like it It was like yeah something like that yeah 
and he has a camera that doesn't need a battery. All he needs to do Dude. is just like crank it, this thing, and it would like film. Yeah. Like I don't. He's yeah. got. He's got what looks to be like a classic, like 35 millimeter, like or 16 millimeter, like hand crank. Sure. But yeah. he also, and I really want to know if it's legitimate because it seems like it is. He has a hand crank IMAX film yeah. camera. Yes. Because and I noticed it because not not so much because it says IMAX like on the viewfinder, but because the the IMAX film and the size of it, which is around like 70 millimeter, loads into the camera sideways. And when they have to actually change it. And he's got to mm-hmm. go into like the dark room bag. It pops out and then pops in. And I yeah. was like, "Damn, that's professional." <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they they enlist the help of him to do it. But while that's happening, he gets set up to sh- to shoot this this alien. Because again, they're trying <laughs> to get the Oprah shot. Um. Yeah. There's a man that shows up from TMZ. Yeah. And I I do you understand that? I I still don't nope. get it. Nope. Okay, cool. I I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't have added it as my thing. I understand that it, it ties into the themes of just like people not giving a crap about the danger. As the yeah. whole time, even though his arms like in two pieces, he's like, bro, get my camera, take a picture. Before right. you lift me up, take a picture of my bloody arm. And it's almost like making fun of the generation of people who take a picture of their food before they eat it. But it just seemed like I got that. I don't need that. Let's yeah. do this whole sequence where they're out there. But then it allowed them to throw a wrench in the plan and have him come off of like their scheduled like running and coming in and out. Right. But at the same time, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, you I know don't what I, mean? I don't really. Exactly. Yeah, it was like, you know, because obviously you get the, the funny moment when he's on an electric bike and then the the craft is coming at the same time. So he just flies off the bike and he starts screaming like, that's funny. But like, I just didn't understand the purpose of that character being there. Like at all. I was kind of like, am I missing something other than like you said, like just like really hammering home the fact that it's like, these people will do anything to see the spectacle of this thing. And the, you know, I forgot about it. I remember the motorcycle helmet and reflection from like the trailer. So when he showed up, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I thought that was going to be something different. And then it turned into that. And I was just like, I, I don't know who knows. Um, but, and that obviously maybe it was there because he just was trying to find a reason for Kiki to get on that motorcycle. Yeah. Just in the beginning. Ways. She, in the beginning, she talks about, she was like, Oh, I, I cook, I do blah, blah, blah. And I'm good at motorcycles. So it was Which like, funny. they really dug that home, but like, so I, maybe it was a reason for that. But anyway, it was it was very odd. I figured it was just a way for their plan to go wrong. Yeah, like or something, something like something that. Something had yeah. to happen, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of IMAX, that's the thing that I think stands out from this picture versus his other two, which I really like, is he went real far on the cinematography. He hired uh, one of Nolan's usual boys, Hoyt Van Hotema, and they mm. filmed in 65 millimeter and IMAX. And it really shows when you watch it you know, in IMAX or just a large enough screen, like how expansive it is. And Jordan talked a lot about, you know, not knowing if cinemas would survive and what they'd be like because of COVID. And he really wanted to make this film as much as a spectacle as he could. And you really see it because there's a lot of great shots of just following the UFO as you're tracking it through clouds and when it's moving. That IMAX format is a blessing, bro. Oh, yeah. Seeing it in IMAX, I think, made me enjoy it, too, because it's just like the sheer 
I mean, it keeps going back to a spectacle of it. Every time that was in the sky, you really looked up, you know, to like mm-hmm. see, you know, I was like, man, this is. And when the screen is literally like, it takes up your entire viewpoint. Right. Except, except like your straight up peripherals, you really are like moving your body and not just moving your eyes, you know? Exactly. I mean? Exactly. Um, so, no, anyway, definitely, so we definitely we, profited for that. We then get to the point when the, the cinematographer gets the shot because once the that weird thing happens with that guy at the helmet, um, OJ is able to use a horse to get the the craft to like follow him, which then gets him the shot. And then he gets the shot. That, you know, OJ is able to escape. They're like, okay, we got it, we're good. But then the director or the cinematographer is like, nah, man, I need that. <laughs> I need impossible. that inside. I need that impossible. I need that inside the the H calf shot, and he stands on this hill and just gets sucked up. And just part of me was hoping up. that the film camera would fall out because then they'd still mm-hmm. have the footage, even though I'm sure it'd be heavily damaged. Yeah, but part of me was hoping it'd fall out, but then when that happens, then we get the sequence when the spacecraft is causing hell and trying to suck up everybody. Yeah. Um. And then we get to this part where I, I I think I understand it now that I've seen it the second time, but I, I wanted to see your 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 take on it. What do you think happens once because we get the final form of this alien? Yeah, it transforms itself from the UFO I don't craft know what, into like this billowing uh curtain. Somebody was telling me that it's it's biblical. Like it's like that's how angels look yeah. the original angels look in the Bible, which if that's the case. It's two pieces that I've found is okay. He because he has a a a scripture from the book of Nahum, but in the the beginning of the movie, right? He also references this uh, anime show with like mecha robots versus these beings called angels called Neon Genesis Evangelon, Mm -hmm. and they have forms kind of like that, and these mecha robots like fight against them. So Mm -hmm. it's I think it's a little bit like that too, where he's implying that you know, oh, some of these things that were credited as angels were like these sky creatures that would take people and they didn't know what happened to them kind of thing. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. I wasn't sure when I first watched it how I felt because there was so much menace to just the UFO and just the whole of death that I wasn't sure when it transformed and it was all flowy if it killed the menace and the scariness of it or not. Right. But I... I didn't mind it because the cinematography was so good looking right. in the clouds and with the sun and reflecting off of it that I was like, no, I think I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So that happens. Um, the what's hap- what? So basically Kiki's trying to get or M's characters trying to get out. Um, and uh, OJ is then trying to, like pretty much because she's near a motorcycle that's electric power electric power so it can't turn on and so the ufo is kind of like moved away enough to where the power is restored to the motorcycle so oj is kind of like backing up the alien until her her um her motorcycle is able to go or the guy's motorcycle is able to take off so that she can then head to the old amusement park and then let go of the the um balloon that will hopefully kill the ufo yeah yeah um what i am curious about is do you think that oj died no 
I never, it's weird that people had that idea that she saw like a vision of him. So I never I, had, I do. I never I think, had that thought. I think, I think he died. I think he died. Really? I think he did. So anyway, so we'll get, okay. So that happens. Her, her motorcycle is restored. She drives over to the place. She does that cool motorcycle slide from the anime that I'm forgetting right now. Um, Akira. You remember yeah. that motorcycle slide? Where it, like, oh, like, yeah. It is such yeah. a direct reference. It's not even Yeah, funny. like a complete But I still, I still like it, yeah. Yeah. And then she ends up, uh, you know, undoing the, the, the balloon. Yeah. And then there's a callback to earlier when she first sees the amusement park. There's a well that if you put a quarter in it, and crank yeah. this machine will take a picture so she starts throwing all these quarters into the well while the balloon is being hunted down by the ufo trying to get again the oprah shot and she eventually gets it yeah now i, I, I didn't know if that was just i don't know if i'm just like making it up but i like the well thing on the second watch because when they originally did the horse run it was yeah. several cameras set up tripped so the shutter would go and they would take that picture. And I like the idea that that was like originally her great, 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 whatever grandfather doing a one frame at a time thing. And now yeah. she's doing one frame at a time to Whoa. catch the perfect moment of this creature, the way they were trying to capture the horse. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Dylan. Whoa. The, the Moybridge horse was something that he was uh contracted for by this guy in, in california yeah um i i wrote it all down because i did mad research on it because it's old hollywood is fascinating sure but they they were you know doing some observation on the horse and ended up figuring out that a horse will have all four hooves off the ground but in a different way than they originally thought but they mm -hmm. had to set this thing up, so they were taking just a series of photographs, and then when played in sequential order, it you know gave you that illusion of motion. But yeah. That's exactly what I thought. And at the end, she's taking several just single shots and finally getting the right one. Mm. I thought that was cool. That is, yeah, I, I, yeah, damn, that's that's really interesting. It makes a lot of sense too, because this this movie does feel very grounded in filmmaking in general. Like the whole thing yeah. is about capturing the perfect shot, and even um, the the creature. I thought when you got to see its final form, and then what's crazy is that when the credits are there, they actually show you the inside of his his like mouth and his like final yeah. form, but you just don't know it. I always thought that looked like the image sensor of a camera. Yeah, it, that and literally it, does. It just like that perfect square and then whatever with it. Yeah. And there's a lot that just alludes to like filmmaking, you know, as a passion. Yep. Um, but anyway, so that happens. She lets go of the 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 balloon. The balloon goes up in the air, the alien sucks it in and then blows up. Like pops and blows up. Um and then while that's happening, uh M is excited. She looks, you see her face change, and then in the distance you see OJ in his orange Scorpion King hoodie outside of a sign that says out yonder. Looking like Django. <laughs> and to me, I thought that meant that he was, like, he's gone. Like, he was in the ship. He's out yonder. Hmm. Mind you, like you said, they, they never, you don't see anything else. Like, the movie ends after that, so you really don't know what happened to OJ. Like, Either OJ's yeah. fine or he's not, but like I don't I didn't know if it was like her 
envisioning that he's okay just out and you know out yonder or if he really is just literally just <laughs> like a couple feet above that sign you know what i mean yeah i um, always to me uh, the reason why i don't think he's dead is yeah. because their motivation to me was different from everyone else's like mm. when you looked at steven yoon's like jupe character he looked like he was trying to build a business and profit off of this and repeat the mistakes that happened when he was a kid. Right. But for like OJ and his sister, at, at least specifically for OJ, before they come up with this whole, let's do the Oprah shot. Yeah. His main objective is thinking that his father helped build something that paved the way for, you know, generations of, of black owned businesses to really make their mark in Hollywood and, Right. do this horse business and he wants to continue that yeah he's offered yeah. he's offered money to just buy the farm he's been selling horses with the intent to get them back and then even when the cinematographer says let's just give him the horse he chooses to ride the horse because he still doesn't want to actually give the horse up yeah so i always thought that they cheat death because they don't get killed like everyone else because of the fact that they came at it with pure intentions Mm. And at the end, they're able to get the shot anyways through, you know, just a lot of hard work. But I don't think that they were like deserving of the death the way that other people. Get yeah, killed that's a good point. Because like uh, that, that angel kid not. doesn't die either. No, yeah. I and mean, like the TMZ guy bites it, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Right. It's like Charlie Bucket getting the golden ticket and winning. And it's because he deserves it. And the other kids are a bunch of. You know, <laughs> monsters. You telling me you didn't like Mike TV? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I serve all his TV dinners right here. He's never even been yeah, to the table. <laughs> Makes you want to pop some kids. Yeah, know? all of them. They're all terrible. Good gravy. Man. Oh, man. There's yeah, just man. so much. And I appreciate yeah. these films because, you know, besides just being solid watches, they're just, they're. They're filmmaking at its finest, where you could go back in 10 years, watch it, and then just be like, oh, shit, I didn't even see that. And that's good something point. I never even imagined, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. I, you know, on a side note, yeah. when I rewatched it a second time, my favorite moment in the movie is when they high five. When she oh, tells that. them, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, they're yeah, like, let's yeah. go. And they start high five because I'm like, dude, I've seen people do that so much. And it just gets you so hyped. And it was such a real comedy moment that I was like, dude, I'd watch that on a loop. That kills me, man. Yeah. I knew he was going to have some kind of whatever camera. (laughs) Yeah. Not electrical camera. (laughs) They were like, yeah, get it, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, dude. Final thoughts, man. Final thoughts on just Jordan Peele in general, dude, as a filmmaker. He is definitely proving himself to be one of the best at crafting uh, characters. Like more than anything, crafting characters that are realistic and realistic about their circumstances. Because my number one thing was thinking, if this wasn't Jordan Peele and it wasn't Daniel playing this role, mm. it would have been like Tom Cruise, Chris Pratt, whatever, who are very good in their own right and they fit where they of fit. Yeah. But it would have been the character and the actor where it was like, they're pretending to be the everyman, but they're over there doing all this crazy stuff, surviving, doing flips. Yeah. And having it be Jordan and Daniel and all that, they played it where it was just like, dude, this is just a guy trying his best. And throughout all his films, it's just people doing their best and, you know, handling circumstances the way I think 
anybody would like off the street like that so yeah he's doing good he's doing good he's doing really good man yeah i i totally agree with everything you said man i think jordan peele um even after watching this movie the first time and not being the you know not loving it as much as i wanted to it didn't deter me from him as a director or screenwrite or anything like that it just made me go even if i didn't get it i i can i can see that he put his all into it and i can see Mm -hmm. that he wrote something original yes it borrows from other movies yes of course at this point nothing is a completely original you're gonna borrow from something that art imitates art like it is all the time yeah yeah but it's been years and years they've been doing early filmmaking since the 1890s and 1870s with the horse pictures that you're gonna steal (laughs) yeah exactly so you know i I think that with when it comes to jordan peele he's giving you something that you that i'd rather see nope ten thousand times than watch you know friday the 13th part 87 you know i mean like yeah i i I think those movies are fantastic but where it's we've come we've come to a point where i want some new stuff i want some stuff that feels like it's original someone's trying if he's calling it the woke trilogy so be it you know what i mean like i I want something i want hollywood to give money to people that are trying to make original shit and the fact that jordan peele is at the forefront of that makes me yeah. really uh excited for what the future has in the whole because maybe he can make something better than get out do i think that he is aware of it i think he is aware of of, of get out and what's happened since but i do think he has the capability of you know you see m night make uh six cents and then he comes out with a signs or he comes out with another movie that's maybe even better than what you could have thought he could have ever made in the beginning you know what i mean so it's like i think jordan peele has that in him and i think this yeah. is the movie where you're either gonna rock with him or you're not and i think yeah. hopefully people rock with him and continue to see what this guy's gonna do because again I've, i saw the twilight remake twilight zone remakes or the continuation whatever he did over there i thought it, i thought it was fine um what he produced with the candy man i don't know if you ever saw candy man that like oh yeah did. definitely um it wasn't like the the scariest movie of the year whenever that one came out but i do think that it was a really cool take on the candy man you know like it's he's willing to take some risks and i like it man i think he's yeah i I think there are definitely a few good hollywood executives that are recognizing that audiences are just very hungry for creativity yeah and giving guys like this a shot and then increasing their budget increasing their freedom as each movie goes by is just going to lead to something great and honestly i do think it's within the realm of possibility to top and do something even more impressive than Get Out. Mm-hmm. Because just like me wondering what the next thing is with Christopher Nolan, like what's the next crazy thing, you watched The Dark Knight in 2008 and thought like that was the pinnacle. Like that was right. the film. And he wasn't going to top that. And then in 2011, Interstellar came out and you had to eat those words for two and a half hours as you right. cried along with McConaughey. Like it's definitely possible. It's possible. And yeah. I'm so excited to see to see it happen you know what i mean yeah i can't wait i can't exactly. wait for the next one and the next one you know same thing exactly great uh but yeah um thank you so much this is usually we've been doing a uh, older film so i'm glad that we got to do something that just came out um yes sir i we can do more like stuff like this in the future uh because yeah watching it in an imax theater and then coming back home and talking about it is a good time
you know <laughs> everything's so fresh you're so fresh after you've just watched it you know Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, I'm all factoid out on this on this book trilogy <laughs> for sure. I got to sure. take a break from the Jordan Peele madness after yeah, this until the next one, man. I don't even know if he has anything slated for. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a Gordy's home spinoff. <laughs> it's just gonna be a, yeah. a, a I would a literally full, a full half hour season of Gordy's home. So he's got Honk for Jesus. But I don't think he's the director. Or just like producers. Nah, yeah. So the next one he has, he's a writer, but not director, is Wendell and Wild, an upcoming American stop motion animated dark fantasy comedy horror film. Oh, there we go. <laughs> stop That's... motion animated dark fantasy comedy horror film. Woo. That is a lot a of words. Full. And it stars Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele. I guess he wrote huh. it. Yeah like that Hegan is wendell and jordan peele is wild angela bassett's also in it angela bassett angela bassett wakanda forever (laughs) oh man anyway uh it's been cam it has been dylan thank you so much for watching extra but uh um tune in next week We're, we're getting down to the end of season one we're calling it the end of season one of this podcast and uh just get ready for bigger and better things, man. Dylan and I are having a really good time doing this podcast. Thank you so much for watching. On our next episode, I'll make sure to have a Gmail account that you can contact us at. If you have any questions or things you want to talk about, we'll have that set up for you guys. Um, but until then, thanks for rocking, man. Till then, watch the skies. The clouds don't move. Watch the <laughs> clouds don't move, man. <laughs> nope. Nope. Later, guys. Goodbye, Goodbye.